0: Hey, good people, how's it going? Hope everyone is doing well today. Hope everyone is blessed. This is Coach Cookie, your life and relationship coach. If this is your first time listening in, thank you so much for joining me today. If you like what you hear, please give the podcast a like, comment, and don't forget to share with friends and family. To my regular listeners, welcome back. And I want you to know that you're greatly appreciated. Here at Rise and Hire, I'm going to give you some snippets for success to not only help you to survive, but to help you thrive. Now for the month of June, I'm taking a break from doing my entire podcast show and focusing on some questions that you may have, or simply just take some time to provide words of encouragement to keep you motivated doing your healing journey. So today at Rise and Hire, I want to tell my story about what I went through with my son while raising him. And as an adult, how he reinvented himself. So today, I want to give a word of encouragement to everyone under the sound of my voice. But in my spirit, I just had a special message that I want to give to the men. So everyone can take this message to heart. But when I thought about the message, I was thinking about the men. And with this message, I want to remind the men to not allow your past to define your future. So to all my single mothers out there, raising sons, it's hard. But when you get the work in and instill the right morals, values, don't give up. Keep pushing and see what God will do. Just wait and see what God is going to do on your behalf. Yes, I too was a single parent and I divorced my kid's father when my son was six and my daughter was eight. I believe that I was like that all-American mother. I went to his games, his plays, karate tournaments, his wrestling matches, his concerts. He was a really good actor, so he had his own personal acting agent. At the age of seven, he was a part-time. Uh, he was in this part-time international drill team, so he traveled a lot with them. He was a really smart kid, and he was in an acting club, debate team, and chess club graduated from high school at 15 years old and immediately started college at Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. I worked hard so I could instill morals and values in this child. But at some point in his life, he jumped off the moral and the value train. He wasn't listening to him. he wasn't having it. I knew there was an obvious struggle with that because I would often ask him what he would like to do when he would grow up or What are some of your goals or what do you want to do with your life? When he was going through his own thing, those answers that at that time didn't make much sense. And the values that I was trying to teach him, those answers didn't have those values in it. a matter of fact, that's a really good point. Any of my parents out there, if you want to know what your child values and what's important to them or what they're thinking, what they're doing in their lives, ask them what they want to do when they grow up or what are some of their goals and then listen to some of their answers and that'll let you know if they're on track or not. So for a long time, his answers would be totally out in the left field someplace. I don't know where he would get them at. Like he would just get them out the sky somewhere. I knew I had work to do in order to do whatever I could to get this child back on track. Believe it or not, but a lot of that a lot of that that I had to do consisted of me getting myself together so I could be strong enough to deal with what this child was dishing out or to deal with whatever it is that he was going through. So yes, parents, you've got to take time, take a deep breath, take time for yourself. You gotta build yourself up so you can build deal with these children also. So basically, during this journey in his childhood, I was consistently reminding him with my voice and with my action what those values were. In this classroom called life, we ran into a lot of roadblocks, and he turned to the streets and a life of crime at a very young age. And believe it or not, he was the mastermind behind a lot of the negative things that he did in the streets. You name it, this child did it. It was so bad that I was afraid that I was going to lose my son. He was going to get killed. So I prayed to God, and I remember this like it was yesterday, and I asked him, I said, Lord, I don't I don't know what else to do with this child. I'm turning him over to you, and Lord, I want you to do whatever it takes so I don't have to bury this child. I can deal whatever you dish out to me, Lord. I can deal with it, but I can't bury this child. Let me tell you what, exactly two weeks after that prayer, at 16 years old, I got a phone call that my son was locked up and was on his way to prison. Man, this was like two weeks before his 17th birthday, and I was in the store shopping for him a birthday gift when I got that call. I was in complete and total shock, and for several days, I kept locked up away from everyone, and I shed a lot of tears. And then one day out of the blue, it hit me out of nowhere that I had prayed for the Lord to do whatever needed to be done so my child could live. It was at that time I stood up, took a deep breath, and I thanked God for answering my prayers. I wiped the tears off my face. I held my head up high. And for the next eight years, while that boy was in prison, I showed up so I could pick him up. Let me tell you, I was there to pick him up no matter what because I wanted to send a message that this is not the end of your story and I'm not giving up on you. Let me tell you something. This child got in so much trouble in prison I felt like he was he was sent up just about every level three and level four penitentiary in the state of Missouri. But I didn't fuss. I didn't complain. I didn't argue with him. I simply told him, you know, you're never going to get out of here until you learn why you were sent here. That was the only thing that I would tell him over and over again. I never told him anything else about prison or helping him or anything else or how he's going to get out. Let me tell you what, I was there even when I didn't feel like it. I was there when I was sick in my body. I showed up when I didn't feel like it. I showed up. There was ice on the roads. I showed up. There was snow on the ground. I I showed up. This place would be on the boondock somewhere. Didn't matter. I showed up. This was important to me because the message that I was sending to him is that you're better than this situation that you're going through. And it's my job as a mother to pick you up. And you know what? I know he had the mindset to want to change because he never complained. He never threw a pity party. And you want to know why? Because deep down inside, he didn't want his story to end like this. I could see it in his eyes. And I knew he had the fight in him to get it right because I had worked so hard to instill in him never to quit. So you know what I did? I continued to pick him up. Now it took some time because he was not good at following directions while being locked up in the penitentiary. He consistently got in trouble with authority figures and I simply kept reminding him about the lesson he was supposed to learn before he would get out. It took him a while because he was only supposed to be in the penitentiary for four years, but due to his behavior, he was there for about eight years. But by the grace of God he got the message and he started focusing and writing some positive thoughts, goals. A few songs that he had in his heart that he started writing in prison. When this started happening, I noticed an immediate change in his conversation and in his behavior. It was a small milestone, but I continued to pray. I continued to show up and pick him up. Not long after that change, he came home after eight long years. He hugged me and he told me, he said, Mom, I know what it feels like to be locked, locked up. I know what it feels like when someone knocks you down and when no no one cares if you make it or not. He told me, thank you, mom, for being there for me and having my back after all these years. It was at that time I asked him that same question I used to ask him when he was a young boy at home. I remember the question, too. I remember saying, son, you have had some tough times, some tough years behind you. What are some of your goals? What's next in your life? he looked at me and he told me, I want to please God and I would never serve two masters again. I remember this conversation like it was yesterday and I remember tears running down my face and I knew he grew up because his answers showed me that he was developing and starting a vision that incorporated some values that made sense. After he, after he answered my question, I looked at him and I told him, that's a great start and I want you to know that if you stay on track i'll always be here for you when you need me and i'll be here to pick you up i got you back you know this entire moment just takes me back to when i used to go to the track meet and watch the athletes run the 440 race you know you know what i'm talking about the first person takes off as fast as they can with that baton in their hand and when and then when it's time for the next person to take the baton you can hear the runner behind them yelling stick The runner that is getting ready to run next looks back a little, and then they grab that baton and start running, and then they don't look back. That's what it felt like the day when my son got out of prison. I felt like I yelled, stick! And he looked back at me, grabbed the baton and started running, and he never looked back. It's been about 10 years since he's been out of prison, Uh, and I'm here to tell you that this child has reinvented himself. He's been married for almost eight years. And he and his wife have three beautiful children Children together. And yes, I see him pick his children up like I used to pick him up. No matter how long his work day was, when he had to deal with her face that day, how tired he was, he would come home and pick those children up. These kids would be so glad to see him come home and they would start jumping up and down, and start screaming and hollering, Daddy, Daddy. Wouldn't say anything bad or negative, he would just pick them up. But as funny as it may sound, the children knew that was exactly what he was going to do was to pick them up. It was like the children were saying, This is what you're supposed to do, Daddy. You're supposed to pick us up. In addition to his beautiful family, he has his own music studio where he writes, sings, and produces his own gospel music. He has a real estate company, and he and his wife have a company called Pure Spirit Publicity where they work on branding and advertisements for various corporations. As a matter of fact, they do all my work for my podcast. And I'm sure that all the pics you see today on this podcast and on this YouTube are going to be my son and his beautiful wife and their children. I'm here to tell you words, cannot express how proud I am of him. So now that you've heard my story about me and my son, I want everyone under the sound of my voice that is responsible for raising a son to understand how important it is not to give up on him and remember no matter what to pick him up. Coach Cookie, you, you don't know what you're saying. You don't understand. My son is a drug addict. I don't care. Pick him up. My son is a pimp. I don't care. Pick him up. My son sells drugs. I don't care. Pick him up. My son is disrespectful and doesn't listen to me. I don't care. Pick him up. My son is involved in the game. I don't care. Pick him up. My son keeps messing up and going in and out of prison. I don't care. Pick him up. Let me tell you guys something. When my son got locked up at the age of 16, that wasn't the first time he got locked up. He got in trouble in middle school and high school. It just so happened that when he got in trouble at 16, he was old enough in the state of Missouri to be sent to prison. That's all. Yes, these were not small things that he had done either. Let's be real clear. I've been there, done that. Been there and done that with this child. So by the time he went to prison, he was a 4 count felon. That gives you a really good idea. gives you a really big picture of what I was dealing with when it came to my son. But I don't really want to talk much about what he actually had done. It's not really important. And to be honest with you, it's not my story to tell. It's his story to tell. But what I'm trying to get everyone to understand and the point that I want to get across today is that I don't care what the situation is. Pick these men up. Our men are being left behind because of broken homes. It's time to pick these men up so they can take their rightful place in our society, in our homes, in our communities. Stop looking at the circumstances and the situation. You have no control over that. Turn that over to God and stay in your lane and just continue to show up and pick that man up. My son, When my son was a baby, a young child, I used to pick him up physically. And when he got too old for me to pick him up physically, I picked him up emotionally and spiritually. Why? Because that was look, that was my job as a mother. That is your job as a mother. That is your job as a father. That is your job as a grandmother. That is your job as a grandfather. Listen to me. Picking that son up becomes a spiritual connection. And he will learn to understand the power of change. And he will change his perspective. And this is the mindset that will encourage them to reinvent themselves. When he develops that new mindset, this will both motivate him to not only allow his past, not only to not allow his past to define who he is. So the legacy continues and you pick your son up and encourage him and so on. As As a result, these young fathers will learn to pick their sons up. They will grow up to feel good about themselves and find their place in society. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be some challenges and roadblocks and mistakes made during the journey. There are going to always be mistakes during the journey called life. That's okay. Just remember to be there for each other mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And those mistakes that you make along the way, never allow them to find who you are today if no one else has told you today i love each and every one of you i can't wait to hear your stories remember i'm here for you so i want to be able to bring content that meets your needs so if you have any questions that you would like for me to answer or if you have a topic that you would like for me to do an episode on please let me know anyone that needs one-on-one coaching please hit me up at headcoachcookie at gmail.com this is coach cookie sending all my men a big hug and reminding you to love yourself first as we rise higher together. Be blessed and I'll talk to you soon.